0: To handle that cape for the last time. Return to Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Andy N's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken, Spoken Label. Hi, it's Andy N from Spoken Label. Thank you today for streaming or downloading another episode of Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up on. Beginning in 2016, and as of speaking, has currently nearly 300 sessions. The full archive is available on spokenlabel, full stop, bandcamp.com. Although it is available for free for stream and download if you wish, I'm always grateful for any sort of kind of donation to enable me to keep the running costs of this podcast going. and Enjoy. Take care. Bye-bye. Spoken Aww. label. Hi, guys. Andy N. Spoken label. Back in the house and a bloody hot Friday night as well. Over to America today. There's something I've not done before, actually. This is something i have been looking forward to this one since i booked this in a couple of weeks ago. I'm chatting to a gentleman that is an artist but he's also we're talking about his podcast series that he's just bought out. So I've got a gentleman called Aaron Miller with me today. Aaron, obviously for people that don't know you, Would you like to first of all tell them, obviously, who you are, where you come from, and what starts you off with your creativity? And we'll start from there, mate.
1: Yeah, um, my name is Aaron Miller, as you said, and um, I'm, you know, from the United States, uh, California. I live in just outside of San Diego in a little town called Julian, California. And, um, you know, what kind of got, got me started off in my creativity um you know starting from the beginning you know as a youth I had been basically um you know with my brother we used to put on lots of plays and you know do a lot of acting and a lot of times we've kind of put together these little skits and it was quite interesting we do it for our family and stuff like that and it was just more of kind of like a fun thing and then I ended up going to school actually in the UK um I went to uh uh paint our park school Um, which was just outside of, or just inside of Devon and within um, the Dartington College of Arts campus. And uh, when I went to that school, I ended up meeting my first mentor and someone that I still admire to this day. He is a professional teacher and a professional storyteller. Um, So, you know, at the time I was very resistant to a lot of styles of teaching and hadn't really engaged in writing and reading um, all that much. And when I met Clive Fairweather, who was the name of the gentleman who was my teacher, um, it really started turning my mind on to the concept of, you know, writing and poetry as well as, um, you know, storytelling and, you know, that kind of creative narrative. Um, And that, you know, for me, it really just kind of turned something on inside of my head where it kind of like spoke to an aspect of creativity and inspiration that I'd never really tapped before. And for me, that was kind of like a turning point. And my parents started seeing that I was very engaged. We learned a lot of history. We learned a lot of different songs and singing, but we also learned a lot of stories as well, kind of woven in with the history that we were being taught. And, you know, those, you know, informative years as a kid was kind of the beginning of, you know, my creative realm of, you know, writing poetry. I'm also, you know, a poet um, and a hip hop artist as well as a storyteller and writer. And, you know, so I kind of evolved it because I realized at the time I could really easily freestyle pretty much anything. I could be given a topic or I could go look out at a field and start being able to create poetry verbally from what I saw. And my teacher, Clive, he was like, well, you need to learn how to write it down on paper. (laughs) And that's kind of the reality of that transition for me. I was able to find out you know this creative outlet that basically um was engaged with this this aspect of my mind the way that i thought and then i was like i I had a hard time transitioning it from the verbal form to the written form and after about six months of being in class with clive fairweather i was able to do make that transition and started writing a lot of poetry Um, and a lot of my poetry often was Uh, you know, had a narrative or a story-based kind of theme to it. And, um, you know, so that was kind of the beginning of it. And, you know, throughout the years, I, you know, continued to write poetry and, you know, kept on the process of that. And um, it wasn't until I was probably like 17 or 18, and I started actually performing my poetry. Um, And, you know, A lot of it was also, as I mentioned, narrative-based and story-like, and so as I kind of like got, you know, out of the school that I was in in Fiji, I started realizing that hip-hop was also a really cool way of expression and utilizing, you know, poetry to turn it into more of a uh, rhythmic-based musical platform, um, which is hip-hop, and, you know, over the years, I've learned a lot about hip-hop and kind of evolved that. Um, I spent a few years trying to really figure out how to apply this to my life and, you know, use, you know, uh, the crafting of words and poetry and storytelling in more of a professional realm. And I ended up actually going to Emerson College in the UK as well. Um, It's a, if you know, if you're not aware of what it is, it's a Steiner based school out in East Sussex. And um, I took a storytelling school. Class there. I have a certificate of storytelling, which oddly enough, I thought I was going to be a silly thing that I'd never used. But now, as an audiobook narrator and voice actor, it's actually a really good uh, certificate to have. I've had multiple <laughs> clients ask me about it and kind of, you know, inquire as to what that's about. But I went to Emerson College. Um, I took their, I think it was a four month class on storytelling. And that was probably the most um, informative and uh, self-searching uh, you know, kind of class that I could have gone to. I really found out a lot about myself. Um, there was a lot of biographical elements that took place inside of the um, storytelling course, as well as a lot of you know, engaging in nature and you know, being outside and you know, knowing how to utilize your surroundings to incorporate that into your storytelling. Did a lot of freeform style storytelling, which I love because I love freestyling. Um, and, you know, just a, a multitude of other things that was really intriguing. And I remember coming out of that class feeling, uh, you know, really empowered, you know, and really focused on what I wanted to do, um, you know, realizing that I wanted to be a storyteller, but also a musician. So, you know, over the next few years, I, you know, Continue to kind of craft um, my poetry, turn it into hip hop. Um, and then I was doing a lot of, you know, poetry slams and open mics and stuff like that, and getting out there and performing often. Um, I had no clue really what I was doing um, a whole lot of the time, but I always just had like the gusto to get up on stage and just do my thing without even a hesitation or doubt in my mind as to, you know, the validity of the content that I was. Uh, you know, performing to people. And I didn't really need validation for it. It was more of like, this was just an outlet for the expression of the muse um, that resides, I think, in everyone. And, um, and then I eventually went to uh, Dartington College of Arts there in Devon as well. And um, I took the writing course. So I have an associate's of writing and a certificate of storytelling, which actually, strangely enough, both served me now in my, you know, professional career as a you know, uh, author and and, uh, audiobook narrator. So, um, yeah, it was a great experience. I, you know, evolved over the years, met a lot of people in the UK um, doing hip hop. Some of my best friends um, worked with DJs and bands. I started a band there in the UK called Hipphonic um, that we played all over Devon. And uh, we lived in Brighton for a period of time as well um, down there, you know, performing. And actually we moved to Brighton as a band I think that was probably about 2010, 2009. Oh, yeah. And we went yeah, there with yeah. the intention of starting a band. And I actually also ran a bar venue there in Brighton. All right. Which, which bar did you run?
0: Because as I said, I've done, I've done, tell you before, I've done down in Brighton before at that period. So which bar yeah. did you run? Which, which, bar again, do, which, which bar did you run at that time in Brighton? Uh, what started us down there? No, no, what bar did you run in Brighton? You said you run a bar. Uh, it was called it was called the
1: what was it called? It was the um, tonic lounge, I think was the name of it. It's 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 off the beaten track. Um, there was the you know, uh, I think it was called the Green Cricket or something. Are you familiar with that place?
0: Yeah, I know the Green Cricket. Yeah, yeah got drunk yeah, in so twice. I got drunk nice there twice. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, it's
1: a good spot. It's a nice spot. Um and I think it's I think it's a hostel too now, or, or it kind of shifted what it was what it used to be, even when we were there. And um, yeah, but anyway, it's right behind where the Green cricket was. There's like that little alley that's back there. And I think it's all offices now. The it building is, itself.
0: I think it is. I've not yeah. been down that way for a couple of years because my friend that was living in Brighton or best mate, is now living in Bognor Regis, which is about half an hour further down by oh, car. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I've familiar. not been down there that re- much recently. It's- to particularly as a lockdown but yeah it does ring a bell certainly what you said there not oh, brilliant okay right yeah. now moving more forward yeah. obviously because if you if anybody would know what know you Aaron by now would know you've been quite a busy man over the years and you're like me in this activist where this is why i want to talk to you today because you do you do you've done and do lots of projects now yeah. people may obviously know you for your work in the band's subconscious culture now i think we should should tell people obviously briefly about that before we move on to the podcast as well because i think i think it's a major part of your life anyway you've been active with this band for quite some time and you've just bought an album as well yeah so tell us, about, so, tell
1: yeah, us subconscious- about
0: that
1: yeah yeah subconscious culture is uh it's been kind of like my my brainchild after living there in brighton and starting hip phonic um you know it was it was a sad you know just uh having to separate from my friends there and i and um, having to leave that band because we were starting to be quite successful in a very short period of time. We had multiple labels looking at us. And so I came back to the States and I was really just, you know, discouraged by, uh, you know, everything. I had to start from scratch. I just spent the last, you know, four years in the UK building all these contacts and, you know, finally starting to headline shows and And, uh, you know, so it was kind of really discouraged and I was just kind of bummed out. And I spent probably like two years floating after getting back to the States. And, you know, after that period of time, I tried putting some bands together, but I was never really in it with my heart. And I kept on having a lot of self-doubt that came up inside of me. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I'm not going to do this or whatever. But there's always that nagging aspect. Anyone that's like really meant to do music or meant to do anything in their life there's, you know, always something that will nag you if you ever try to put that down. And, you know, that little intuition in the back of my mind was like, no, you got to do this. And so I decided in Portland, Oregon, um, is where I was living at the time, I wanted to put together another project, but I also wanted to set it up with the intention of not ever having to worry about having to start from scratch again. Um, you know, that process for me was something that it was undesirable. And I was like, okay, I'm ready to do this now. And I brought in some guys, um, that I just kind of met randomly, like, you know, through different experiences and I brought them together. Um, and I basically was like, this is my intention. This is what I want to do. And, you know, I was like, I'm starting this band because, you know, eventually I do want to move back to Europe, but I also want to have a project that I own. Obviously, everyone's going to be getting a percentage and blah, blah, blah. So I walk everyone through the process, you know, what my intentions were and letting them know that no matter what, even if they decided to leave the band or move on to do other projects, I would always own the band, subconscious culture. Everyone was totally fine with it. And it's been actually the aspect of, um, you know, of how I've been able to be successful with it because I've gone through multiple incarnations of different members and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, with starting Subconscious Culture, uh, it was, you know, with the intention of creating a project that was more tuned to how I perceived music and, you know, how I wanted to approach it as an art form, you know, by, you know, incorporating multiple genres into, you know, hip-hop, I rap, and I'm learning to sing. And I basically, from a very minimal understanding of musicality, Um, was able to get together a band and with the intention of putting out an album right from the beginning. And so that was what basically brought about the song philosophy or the album philosophy unraveled. And that project basically kind of kickstarted and pushed us into motion and subconscious culture played in the first incarnation for I think about four or five years. Um, And so that was, you know, that was the beginning of, you know, subconscious culture. I've, you know, been through ups and downs with it. I've been through multiple incarnations of it. I even had a breakoff band um, in the middle of subconscious culture called a hot mess, which was a soul funk hip hop band where we basically talked about uh, partying and, you uh, you know, being, being sexy and getting up on stage, wearing pajamas and just putting on an act. It was absolutely, we toured that whole entire set up and down the West coast. And it's great because, you know, it really showed me the other side of myself where subconscious culture is very political and emotionally driven. and has a lot more of a serious note and tone to it. um, Where a hot mess was the complete opposite where you know, I basically was dressing in the most ridiculous clothing, like hammer pants, orange T-shirt, and, you know, just getting up there, you know, swinging my, my, my twigs and berries in the wind for all that were sitting in the front row, just, you know, right there in front of everybody. It was just fun. It was just wild and crazy. And, um, and I, you know, I quit drinking at that time. You know, I've been almost three years sober from alcohol at this point, um, but I encourage people to drink all the time. I, I love it as an aspect.
0: <laughs> but I'm, t- um, Honestly, I'm the same as you, my anti-tokal nowadays almost completely. So
1: i uh, it? drink okay. it. I don't I don't
0: need it, but yeah, I know what you mean. It's good to encourage people sometimes if, if they enjoy your material more than a good drink with it. That's yeah, I
1: like to I'm a bit i known as a bit of an antagonist when it comes to drinking. So it's like my mates, uh you know, a lot of people are always so serious, and like I don't drink, I don't go hang out with people that drink. It's like I've got so many friends that still drink. I wouldn't have any friends if I didn't want to, you know, be around it, you know? So for me, it's like, I'll go out in the town with my mates and like, we'll just basically have a bunch of fun. And everyone always wonders at the end of the are like, and you're the sober one? Because I'm kind of a crazy, wild, you know, individual um, just by myself without any alcohol needed. So, um, but yeah, so. So that, that, that tour was great. And now what I've done is I've, you know, I've got the new album. It's called uh, What Separates Us. And it's a two-part album. Uh, this first part is basically talking about, um, you know, the, what things are dividing us in the world, what things are creating division. Um, from my perception, you know what I mean? And, and you know, uh, I do some activist work as well. And, you know, I I kind of look at, you know, our world from this perspective of like insights to my experience, but then also talking with people and spending time with people from different, uh, you know, ethnical backgrounds, different, you know, cultures and, you know, just, you know, observations throughout the year, as well as my own experiences and brought together, you know, this album called What Separates Us, um, which is out now on all platforms. And we'll be followed up with what unifies us. And I'm taking a bunch of the hot mess songs and I'm actually incorporating them into subconscious culture, but more of like the polarity of like things that unify us, you know, that, you know, bring us together and drinking and partying are some of those things when done, obviously, you know, in in ways that are not destructive. Um, And, you know, just that aspect of uh, festivals and events and, you know all that kind of stuff and it usually involves partying so like that's just part of us as humanities. It's part of our duality it's like even though i might be sober at this point i like to go and have fun i want to go to parties i want to go to festivals you know what i mean doesn't mean i'm a complete lame-o and sit at home by myself all the time you know so it's basically having uh you know this these two albums is showing the polarity of humanity within you know things that are consistently keeping us you know divided and pushing away from each other to what unifies us what brings us together you know things that we see inside of our society that that we recognize as part of our uh, us being our humanity and you know those things that you know unify us as a whole as a community um as a culture um, and basically, you know, that was kind of the, the concept of these albums, was to have that portrait.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant. It gives yeah. you good, good people a good feel about the band. And what I find interesting is, the fact, like I said, with you actually operating multiple projects, and we're going to lead, very lead into your podcast now, very clever link this. What I want to know is, before we go into your podcast, obviously, we'll be doing multiple sorts of projects. I know why I'm like this, where as artists if you rumble to project you're using your brain in different ways do you find it easy just to switch off you to doing your podcast which we're going to talk about next
1: yeah it's it's interesting it's you know it's a, a lot of it's kind of in the same grain in the same wheelhouse um, obviously you know music but it's it's in you know, a lot of recording um, and you know it's also doing you know voices is, is something that I've always done as from, from a kid You know, I've been doing weird character voicing. So it's not really that difficult for me to kind of shift in between. Um, Sometimes I guess it's a little harder for me to get motivated into doing certain things. Um, But I I would say most of my creative projects, I'm usually quite easily motivated by it because it's something I love to do. You know what I mean? And when it's like, even though you're doing it as maybe like kind of a job, it's still something that I'm passionate about. So I don't really consider it as a job. And I'm also able to, like, allocate my time and go, cool, I'm just going to spend this time doing it, where I basically pumped out the last chapter, um, three quarters of the last chapter, I wrote, uh, edited with my, my, my really good friend, Alex Linkier, um, an editor, and recorded it in three days so yeah. you know it's, it hell. was yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's like I never I, I, I run into this thing where I hear people go oh I've got writer's block or whatever and what I have found what writer's block is is just people's desire uh, you know unwillingness to actually just sit down and do it you know what I mean and that's kind of the reality for me it's like I never feel like I have writer's block I just have a lot of times where I'm just like I don't really feel like doing that right now you know what I mean so it's like It was an interesting thing uh, for me to really have that push. And I, in the past have been a procrastinator and wait to the last minute to do stuff. And this happened to be one of those moments, but at the same time, it was also the moment where I felt like the most drive was coming forward. And I was like, I felt everything that I thought about for that chapter condense into that moment where in that three days, it just came out of me. There was no real hesitation. I knew what was happening in the story. And it was just about getting the words onto the page, basically at that point, um, and then editing. Yeah. So impressive. Yeah. Now,
0: that's what's well, good going on. Now, obviously, we better tell people obviously what the podcast is called, hadn't we? Next, and yeah. where does it where it all came from? Now, I've got to be careful how I pronounce this because obviously, like we're going through Brexit at the moment, so and this is why I've got to be careful. It's Brett Wicks the, the Veil. So obviously, tell us obviously where the well, idea of no, that so, came it's,
1: from. It's, it's I'm it's called, right. but, no, no, it's the Twix. Ah, right. The
0: Twix, right, yeah. The Twix, between, the Twix the That's it, yeah. right. Good, I'm glad I'm glad I could that with me. <laughs> it's the <a> Perksy <laughs> no dyslexic, worries. right? I guarantee I will mispronounce it. That's brilliant.
1: Robson then. I so- do not, bl- I do not blame you. I'm dyslexic. And also I, it's one of those things, you know, growing up where, Flipping words around and messing up words all the time, man. Don't even stress oh, it in any it regard. It's part, part and parcel. <laughs> Great. Now, obviously, tell
0: us yeah. about where the idea of this podcast came from.
1: So I've been, um, it was about three years ago, or no, I guess about two years ago, um, I started to actually start doing um, audiobook narrating. And I'd had, you know, many, year, many friends throughout the years basically tell me, you know, oh, you got such a great voice. And I, you know, I used to be a nanny for 10 years as well. And often when I nannied, I used to tell stories to the kids. You know, I'd been gone to school for it. And I loved freeform storytelling. And when I was growing up, my mother and my father um, would tell us stories. My dad would just make them up on the spot for, you know, freeforming storytelling. And, um, you know, so I, I got into doing um, audiobook narration. So I, you know, signed up with ACX, um, which is an Amazon platform, uh, open source, and um, you know where you can, where narrators and producers can meet authors and produce books. So I got into that process, and you know I've I've done three books through that platform. Um, the last one I did was with a wonderful woman called Chris Holmes. Uh, the book's called Light a Candle, Chase the Devil Away. It's a horror novel. Not super uh, huge on horror but she was a great writer. And that is the one thing and probably the reason why I started uh, writing Betwixt the Veil is, and it's no offense, I know there's a lot of people out there, uh, you know, really trying to be creative and, you know, putting out books, but there is also, it's an open platform. So there is, unfortunately, a lot of really poorly written content out there. And, um, I, you know, I basically as a narrator, I'd spent, you know, many times, like, you know, I created a, you know, a basic platform email that I'd send out to authors to try to get information on their books, um, because often they wouldn't leave you much to do auditions with. Um, So I spent a while doing all these auditions and trying to find authors that were good writers, because, you know, I'm kind of a picky person as a writer. And I also wanted to make sure that I was narrating high quality content, you know, books and things that I could actually, you know, confidently narrate. And I was, I've struggled multiple times, you know, in that process of finding, you know, some good writers to work with. And I have found a few, a handful for sure that are absolutely amazing, like Chris Holmes. And I just kind of got to the, you know, a frustrating point of, you know, having multiple projects and having to actually cancel some contracts because they're so poorly written at times that I was like, I could probably write something. I could probably write something and narrate it and make my own stories um, instead. Um, and so that's kind of what I did is I just, you know, jumped in basically. And I started writing Betwixt the Veil. Um, I've read and I've listened to, you know, hundreds of, you know, books and fantasy novels. And I've just, you know, that's always been the genre that I've kind of been drawn to as far as like my, uh, pleasure reading. And so, you know, I decided to write something on the level of, uh, you know, fantasy mixed with, you know, real life, uh, real world, you know, uh, you know america and also in the uk um is where the book the book is or the the podcast is based so that's kind of how i got into writing and producing "Betwixt the veil from you know trying to find really good authors to work with and now i am actually as i'm going through the podcast i've been reaching out to a slew of people and i found some really good networks um, of authors and people that i'm also working with on this podcast series to do uh, short stories with as well. So that's kind of my way to engage and collaborate with my uh, author community that's out there because there are a ton of very talented authors out there. And my goal is, is to you know, uh, help support them in their process by you know, offering to you know, basically you know, record and produce their short stories. Um, alongside of doing my own short story, Betwixt the Veil. So you'll find on the platform, the podcast, you'll find Betwixt the Veil episodes, as well as, you know, uh, mixed short stories from different authors on there as well.
0: Brilliant. I was going to ask you about that then. So, uh, you've answered the next, next question, Henry. Right? Oh, sorry, sudden, sorry, uh, sorry. Brilliant. No, no. You know what it is, <laughs> you know what it is That's called reading people's minds, mate. Right? Brilliant, mate. Right? <laughs> <Now, laughs> what I want to know next, obviously, is then, Obviously, when you started started this podcast off, has it? Ch- I know you've, you've done several episodes of it now. Is it going in that direction you didn't env- envis- envisage originally, or was it? <laughs> did you have a, a lot a, a plot lined out already for pretty well from the beginning?
1: Well, from the you know the, the kind of uh, inspiration of free form storytelling is where I kind of just jumped into it. Um, that first chapter, I actually wrote the first like page of that chapter almost 10, 11 years ago. Um, the opening part is basically, it was just a really fun alliteration. And I think I was, I was working at the time, um, in Devon, uh, and I was cleaning houses at Summerlet's down there in Devon. And, um, I basically was, I went and visited a friend who lived in a town in a town on my way back, and I got this inspiration for that opening part. So I basically just, you know, after I'd made the decision that I was going to sit down and write something, I pulled that story or that first page up. Um, I think, it, you know, the, the son of Satan sold me a soul for a six-sided satire that I acquired from a retired angel. It was, you know, alliteration, this concept of something, And I had no idea what I was writing at the time. I knew that it was, I was trying to write some short story or something like that. And it just sat there for 10 years. So I pulled it up and I started writing on it. And as I wrote on it, I started basically incorporating a lot of my experience and places that I've lived into the first chapter. Um, And the main character was partially kind of honed after myself and inspired by a friend of mine as well that I know. Um, And I would say that it's, It's definitely evolved and morphed and I I didn't really sit down and I've now been doing a little bit more structuring and planning and plotting because I'm starting to run into issues as a writer for a podcast series that you're releasing it as you go, you can't go back and edit stuff. So it's kind of, I've got myself into situations where I'm like, well, I've got to create, you know, some fantastical things to basically explain why other stuff is happening and the shift of things. Um, So it's not going in exactly the way that I would thought it was, but it's actually becoming better and better as I write it. Um, And it's actually made it really interesting and challenging in a lot of ways uh, to have that aspect of, you know, I'm releasing the content as I go. So I've really got to, you know, create a narrative that is going to be able to follow uh you know the plotting and planning of what i am doing for the book so basically it's it's evolving it's evolving as any kind of artwork does and um it's definitely taking me in directions that i never thought i would be going with the book brilliant now i'm not going to ask
0: you obviously what's coming
1: next rick's i'm not i
0: can't do that (laughs) (laughs) but what i am obviously curious do you have like any ideas how how long you you think this will go on for even
1: or is that a bit so up in I, the air I, in the moment? I'm, I'm, I, my goal basically is, and the, re, you know, another part of me starting doing the book is, you know, for me to build up a fan base um, under, you know, the betwixt the veil. But I, you know, it basically helps me as an author, um, as a writer, but also as a narrator. Um, so that was kind of, you know, like another big part of this. And I'm going to continue writing this, and it'll be a, a full book by the time I'm done. So my goal basically is I will continue putting out episodes, you know, uh, throughout, you know, the months and I'm, you know, I'm expecting it to probably be anywhere from like 20 to 30 chapters. Um, so I'll probably be at this for a few years, um, basically pumping out, you know, chapters. And then eventually probably what I will be doing is I will re-record and re-edit the entire book, release it as a book. Um, and then re record it and put it out as a full audiobook at that time as well. Yeah. Um, but I think that's that's kind of the process is you know to build a fan base, uh, build awareness around myself as an author and an audiobook voice actor.
0: Yeah, that's no, a good idea, mate. I think I agree with you completely what you're doing there. My partner's done something very similar where she's got a novel out and what she's done, she's done it the other way around to you, watching, and she bought the novel out. Then she got an, I think it was a lady from London to actually to narrate the book for her, to go on Audible. And what she's going to done now, Amanda herself about 18 months later, is done a podcast reading out the chapters of the book herself. So she's done it the other way yeah. around to what you've done, yeah. No, it's a good, it's, I think it's a good awareness project, the way you've both done it in different ways. Yeah. Does, yeah. Yeah, I think it does work, that sort of idea. So it's a very good idea, definitely. So uh, I, saw, I, was just, I was wondering if you've had to transcribe it into a book. Eventually, after what you said before, obviously you were taught yeah. to write everything down, and I think he, I think it's a good idea if you do do definitely that one. So, now, yeah, now to conclude obviously, um, a couple of questions to finish off with today is: Do you have any any, any more projects you've got in mind coming up that you can reveal
1: or talk about? Um, as as far as in the audiobook world or in anything, the music, anything? Realm? Anything? Because you're that sort oh, of guy. Yeah.
0: You've got, the, yeah, you got a lot mean, of stuff on the go. I
1: know I can say that <laughs> <I'm off. laughs> Yeah, I've got, I've got, um, so I basically got to a point now in my music realm of stuff, um, where I'm actually able to write a lot of the music in the past. I would rely on other musicians and I would do a lot of the arranging where now I'm actually able to play. So I've actually got, uh, three singles going into production this week. Um, drums and bass are being tracked. So, I've got three new singles. Uh, one will be coming out in September and then every month following that, I will be having a new single pretty much coming out under the subconscious culture moniker. Um, so I'll be consistently releasing music leading up to the release of What Unifies Us, uh, the next album. Um, so yeah, that, that project, and I've got some multiple collaborations in that project. Um, I've got shows basically appearing here in the fall um, and I'm also going to be traveling over to Europe um, to obtain my citizenship. I've got meetings with bands, musicians, and other artists over there um, that I'm going to be collaborating with and working with on uh, doing European shows as well in the future, because um, I do intend to live in Europe uh, more than likely, either the Netherlands or Italy. Um, and then I'm also, you know, currently working on, I've got three new short stories under the betwixt the veil so these are besides betwixt the veil itself but under that podcast that will be coming out over the next few months Um, and I also have a constant influx of new authors that I'm working with in that project and I'm also working with a couple storytellers and other uh, voice actors on doing collaborations with me on some of those projects too so that'll be really fun and interesting to have some other voice talent kind of interacting with me on the narration basis um and yeah so that's kind of moving in that direction um and then i basically got you know episodes that i'm putting out of betwixt the veil um i'm i'm basically i think right now about another chapter and a half ahead of you know where we need to be which is a good feeling instead of trying to scramble right now i'm trying to stay ahead of myself <laughs> because, because i don't think I want to be always- in that situation more Always Always makes
0: sense to be ahead of yourself because I've gone for that myself before, bits and pieces now, and if you get to deadlines, then problems hit sometimes. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's one of those things where I'm going to be on the, you know, be in Europe for a month and I need to make sure I have pretty much everything stowed away, ready for release. So I'm not trying to scramble to do stuff while I'm over there trying to, you know, get my, my citizenship for Italy. Result. <laughs> no, nah, so, completely, completely. Yeah. I love it. I love yeah. Italy.
0: So I hope you make it over there, mate. So, have you got? And an, yeah. an, an, if you can make it to Italy, obviously, I see how you go with. It. Have you got a favorite city you'd like to go to? So I've been to about four cities. Over I, I've, I've actually
1: only been to Italy once in my entire life, and it was mm. pretty much just right over the border on a school trip. We were there for a day, so it doesn't even really count. No. Um, yeah. But I've got a, yeah. unknown family that I've never met that lived there. Um, from my mom's side of the family. So I'm half Italian and it's, yeah, it's going to be a great experience, but it's also, you know, a good opportunity for me to take a little bit of a holiday, but you know, it's also going to be me talking and meeting a bunch of people and basically just kind of running around Europe while I'm there um, chatting with people. And like I said, you know, talking with other musicians and artists and um, basically networking. That's one of the things that I've learned at over the years in all aspects of the creative realm is you have to be a fantastic networker. You're not good at oh, networking, completely, completely, <laughs> yeah. completely. Do we yeah. get a
0: podcaster like me, mate? Yeah, that's dead true. You just learn to talk to people yeah. and you get on with it. Yeah, Brilliant. Well, good luck it Aaron, definitely, mate. Keep a touch, mate, definitely, because I look forward to hearing, hearing more of your adventures, Mason, mate. you a great storyteller. Your podcast alone, yeah, and in person as well. Now, obviously, we better let you do the heavy plug, as I always say. So, if people want to find out more about you, to conclude, where are the best going?
1: Um, it's super simple is go to www.subconsciousculture.com because on that website, it has all of my music. And I also have a link on there, which takes you to Betwixt the Veil podcast. I will be having a new website, um, for my Seth Wordsmith, Aaron Miller narration stuff. But right now it's all centralized on one platform, makes it really easy for people to go there. Um, and through that platform, there's a link on there that will take you to the Spreaker. You can also stream it directly from the website. Uh, but the Spreaker takes you to all of the streaming platforms um, where you can then uh, subscribe and hit a follow and uh, let me know what you think also about the podcast and leave comments. And, you know, if there's if you're an author, um, you know, please you know, send any submissions uh, to that email there on the Subconscious Culture website uh requesting to po- possibly collaborate together yeah brilliant
0: it's a great idea anyway the podcast I feel like I said before I don't like repeating myself but it's an excellent podcast this one I've really enjoyed I think it's the four episodes I've heard of it I think I think looking at you I think I think I've missed one out as well so I would have to double check that but no it's it's a great podcast it really is it's easy to listen to it's like you wouldn't always have in the day job I do I, have, I could have my iPod on all day and work, so it's like great. We've got a good podcast to play back to me. So yours is a pleasure, mate. Brilliant with that. So, well, absolutely. Thank you. Hang around, mate. Anyway, I do need to speak to you off mic, but thank okay. you again today, Aaron. It's been a pleasure, mate, I've really enjoyed this. Cheers, mate. Yeah, thank you as well. That's it, that's It, guys and girls. Now, as Don Callis has over Impact Wrestling, to concluded. Stay safe and stay over, and we'll see you all next time. Spoken, mate. Oh.